welcome to Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one best-selling book, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness Your Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy. And every week I have such a pleasure to interview some amazing guests all around the topic of manifestation, abundance, prosperity, natural healing, and more than that. So today is very special because I have one of my co-stars, if not the star, of the movie, The Inside Effects, that I co-starred in, Lisa Warner. And she is also the author of The Simplicity of Self-Healing, which recently went through its 10th anniversary revision, which is so exciting. So we're going to talk about that book today and give you some pointers on self-healing. So let me tell you a little bit more about Lisa. Now, you know, believe it or not, uh, we've met, uh, been um, known each other for a very, very long time. And in fact, uh, her skating coach was actually my skating coach for most of my skating career, adult skating career, because I started really late and, and Lisa started really early. <laughs> and she was an elite athlete. Uh, um, so that was really cool to have the same coach over a span of, you know, many decades, her beginning and then me near the end. And our uh, coach has since moved away. But um, it was just so cool. And just to find out not that long ago that uh, Lisa and I kind of, you know, talk the same talk and walk the same walk. And that's just so exciting to to know somebody close to me, <laughs> physically close, um, uh, is a like-minded soul and, and doing some great work in the work in the world. So she is an award-winning, multiple international best-selling author who's spoken at many events, including those with Marie Diamond, Joe Vitale, and recently starred in the movie, like I said, The Inside Effects, with me alongside Dr. Uh, D, uh, John Martini, one of my favorites, Lynn McTaggart, Dr. Bradley Nelson, Roland McCready, Lee Carroll, Monica Mariani, Darius Berezenda, J.P. Sears, and of course me. <laughs> So that's super, super exciting, and we're excited to hear about the uh, new version of your book. So welcome, Lisa. Thank you, Karen. It's always such a pleasure to be on with you. I love this. Oh, yeah, me too. Me too. So for those of you that have not met you yet or haven't listened to our previous podcast forever ago, <laughs> tell us about your story. Like, what's your what's your healing story? Well, my healing story is, um, you know, I had a lot of awarenesses when I was a really little girl about, you know, I would go to bed at night and I would just be part of the the unified field. Like I, I knew that that was what is forever and always. And I could see that this human experience was a temporary experience. And from that space, when I was really little, I could look and I could see that humanity was had amnesia like I could see that the soul and the body were not in the same location and it was really um it was pretty scary to me I could see all the fighting that was going on in this world and how it's not supposed to be that way and so from the time I was really little I I really didn't know what to do to try to fit in in this crazy world because nothing made sense to me you know why are we trying to work to earn a living when we're clearly already here we're already living this beautiful planet gives us everything we need for free <laughs> and why are we paying for all of this stuff it was just it was so mind-boggling to me so growing up I you know I kind of just um, spent a lot of my time skating. That was my happy place. It was the place where I could just be myself and I could just become 
a masterful figure skater and it was just me and my body and I could trust my body. But after high school and after skating was kind of over, um, <clears throat> I started a career as a figure skating instructor, but life just still really never made any sense for me. And I was just, I was struggling. I didn't know really what I was supposed to do here on this planet. So the more I struggled, the more my health deteriorated and the more my health deteriorated, the more I struggled. And it just became this really vicious circle until finally I found myself facing cancer. And at that moment, I looked at what the medical model offered and I saw some people made it, some people didn't. I wasn't really big on those odds. And I realized that what I knew as a two and three-year-olds, you know, the space of unified, the unified field of love and peace, like that was my answer to be able to get back into that state of awareness where I could bring myself back into a state of inner peace. I knew that that was the, the route for me, for my healing. So that was the approach I took. And I eventually was able to shift my awareness around what was happening in my body, realizing that my body was not being attacked by some disease, that my body was literally responding to my emotional distress. And that as soon as I started clearing the emotional distress, my body started healing itself. And wow. we're free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's such great news uh, for for people, and it's great to hear your journey. Uh, although most of us don't remember when we first come into the body <laughs> of who we really are, you did, and in some ways, that was even a harsher contrast because of your knowing versus what you were experiencing, and eventually, you know, all as a child. I mean, you're this little vulnerable physically vulnerable person, then it's like, well, if I want to actually be fed and clothed and have a roof over my head, I better conform <laughs> to some extent, right? To, to whatever's going on in society. Um, but it's, it's a good thing that you had your awakening because uh, we get to benefit <laughs> from some of that wisdom. And, uh, you know, your voice in the inside effects is a very strong voice. Is a very strong voice um maybe you know some people might not be ready for that but at the same time i know my community certainly is uh, <laughs> ready for that and i absolutely loved it i just loved it you know i kind of was more like the moderate voice kind of bridging you know medicine and you know all the different things but you were just like boom boom <laughs> uh so i absolutely loved it so um so tell us about the first book and then the second book. Why, first of all, why did you write a second book? How, like, how was it different? And, and what are some of the pearls in here you'd like to share today? <laughs> uh, thanks. So, you know, when I wrote my first, when I wrote the first version of the book, um, you know, I had just healed myself. I had learned a whole, a whole lot of things, but I was still really struggling as to where I was supposed to fit in on this planet. And so I kept asking, you know, at, at the time I had, I had stopped teaching figure skating, figure skating had changed so much. It wasn't fun anymore. I had sold my place in Aspen. I had moved back to Lake Placid and I was really just trying to get my bearings and, you know, discover what it is that I was here to do as I just, I still didn't know. 
Um, so I kept asking the question, you know, what is it that I'm supposed to do now? And every time I would just hear the word write. And I was like, great, what am I supposed to write? You know, I still couldn't figure it out. So I thought, well, I'll just write a journal and I'll write all, I'll write down all the bullet points of what I learned while I was healing myself. And it was about 20 pages in and I thought, oh, great, I'm writing a book. <laughs> I had no idea that I was even writing a book. This is like how far off the course I had gone. But I started writing this book. And um, as I was writing it, I kind of came to the realization that who's really going to listen to me? Like people want evidence they want proof they want the science you know they're not just going to listen to some some gal saying you know hey your body can heal itself you know so i thought well i'm i'm not going to do the research like that's not my thing i have no clue where to start i'm certainly not interested in doing it so i'm just going to put the book out there and see what happens and so i did that and it was about a year and a half or two years later that I met Deanna Courtney through a mutual friend. And Deanna said, oh, you're the one that knows German new medicine. And I was like, wait, who, who what? <laughs> She's like, yeah, your book. And I thought, oh my gosh, you're kidding. Somebody actually did the research? Like they did the science? And she said, yes. It's a full field of medical knowledge that nobody knows anything about any, you know, because it's being silent, right? So I finally, it was a couple of years after I had published the first version of the book. And I thought, wow, well, at least now, you know, people, I can verify this. If people want to know, well, there is the science out there. So, you know, so that was the first version of the book. And, you know, I had a couple of friends who had added some, some content to the book, just, you know, it was just kind of a, an experiment that we were, we had put out with this book. And uh, so this year I decided that the book needed just a little bit of an upgrade that, you know, all the information could really stand on its own. It didn't need the other people's um, information in there, although it was really great. It was just, it was time for the book to have just my information, my wisdom in it. So I took out those, the other people's stuff and I just put some, some more, um, just some more information in the book to kind of help tweak people's consciousness a little bit more and to see how our consciousness directly affects our reality whether it's our health, our wealth, our relationships, it's all coming from our consciousness. Yeah, that's a big takeaway from the movie. If anybody, you know, watched the Inside Effects movie, and I noticed in, in the new book, um, there's also some practical little mini trainings in there as well. Uh, and, and it might have been the first book, but I don't remember that part. <laughs> I just remember you coaching me, you know, read the book and I'm like, man, she's, she's a powerful coach, you know, <laughs> inspirational. Uh, so tell us about some of the, the other um, things that you added in or supplemented in the new version. Well, really in, in this version, um, we're really talking about how our thoughts 
and our emotions combine to create the reality. And we want to start to move our awareness away from what we've been taught, because what we have been taught, we have been taught lack and limitation. Mm -hmm. We have been taught fear. We have been taught fighting. Mm -hmm. And these are not things that really serve us in the long run. You know, we live in this warmongering society where the, you know, if it's something that we don't like or something that we don't understand, just kill it. Just get rid of it. <laughs> right. Get rid of it. Right. Right. It's like, it's not really all that helpful when it comes to our bodies. We don't want to kill off our bodies. We want to start to understand that our bodies are on our side. Our bodies are a part of us. And it is quite pointless to fear ourselves. Mm. Fear ourselves. So wow, that really cool. gets into how to start embracing all aspects of ourselves, including ourselves. <laughs> I love that. That is great. So uh, we're just going to take a little commercial break here just to say, okay, so here's the new version of the book, everyone. This is so beautiful. I love this cover. Um, and, and Lisa, maybe you can share your website and, of course, where to get a copy of this awesome book. Sure. So my website is connecting you to you.com and you can find the book on amazon okay great yeah very very convenient um so we're wondering um does the body or is the body able to heal anything uh, because we do see people that heal themselves from you know, a diagnosis such as cancer, like yourself, um, like Anita Morjani and her book, Dying to Be Me, and she literally was on deathbed and actually went to the other side and then came back. And then I saw her in person. She is actually alive, people, right? Um, that kind of thing. Or are there things that are just, quote unquote, too far gone for people to actually heal and get back to health? Yeah. I mean, if you look at Anita and her story, I mean, she was far gone when it comes to her physical health and literally on death's doorstep. And if she can heal from that, we can heal from anything. Everything is happening within our own consciousness. Mm -hmm. So it's a direct uh, reflection, you know, whether we can heal or not depends on whether we can shift our consciousness. Can we shift our perspective? Can we open up to the the truth that we are angels in human form, that we are creator beings and we are creating 24 seven, whether we're aware of it or not. Can we wake ourselves up to realize the brilliance of our bodies and the power that we have? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of consciousness, I wanted to ask you this question around. Um, so we have our individual consciousness, right? People are sometimes working very, very diligently and consistently at, you know, um, healing their emotions, um, healing past trauma, being aware, going to meditation, that kind of thing. And we also have uh, collective consciousness or un collective unconscious, depending how, you know, whatever term people use. So how does the collective affect us? Like, for example, you know, if, if, you know, somebody says, well, I'm, I'm truly, truly in my heart of hearts, do whatever I'm going to do to believe that, that I can jump off this building and fly. The collective consciousness says, no, you can't. 
you know, there's gravity, there's this and that. Like, how do we balance or, or how does that even affect us? Like if, if there's collective consciousness about cancer is evil, bad, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, wait a second, no, I'm, I'm learning new medicine, I'm listening to Lisa, I'm reading her book, right? I'm shifting my pers perspective. So how do we know that their stuff isn't influencing ours and then can we influence back? How does that all work? <laughs> well, it was a really long sentence. Right. <laughs> I, you know, I look at this, you know, a little bit differently in that, you know, the, co the collective consciousness is the consciousness of all of the humans on this planet that has been gathered together and then focused in specific directions. You know, we are being focused in specific directions all day, every day. If you just look at the news or, you know, the social media and the, the prevailing consciousness says that our bodies are being attacked by disease and that we have to battle the, these diseases and, and all of this. And, but when we start to tune in, you know, a lot of times these things don't feel good to us. When we go to the doctor and they say, you know, you have this horrific diagnosis and you're probably going to be dead in six weeks. Like, yikes, <laughs> that does not feel good. And we have to start to recognize that if it doesn't feel good, that's our own inner guidance system saying, uh-uh, that's not true. That's not for you. And so we have to start to look and see where we as a species have been guided over these centuries. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's like we've just been taught, well, this is the way it is and you just have to deal with the way it is. Well, we really, truly don't. We are grand beings of light and we can create anything we desire. But we have just been told that we have to follow the rules. So we just keep following the rules and creating more and more of whatever the rules say they are, whether, you know, it's pay your taxes, give your lunch money to the bullies, whatever it is, <laughs> you know, it's like, we're, we're, we're not here to live in a sick society. We look out at the world and we see war has been made normal. War right. And, and highly profitable, apparently. Exactly. To, to certain folks. <laughs> yes, precisely. So yeah. we have to realize that you know, the collected consciousness of humanity <laughs> has been just gathered up and corralled and then shoved in specific directions to get us to do things that certain people want us to do. So if we're going to change this, we have to take our own consciousness back. We have to take command of our own consciousness, mm. our own inner guidance. And when we bring ourselves back into a state of peace and harmony, then we bring ourselves back into that state of peace and harmony with the entire universe, because that's the divine design. Peace and harmony is the divine design itself. And because we have been living in this state of war and fear and death and destruction and disease on this planet, it's really hard to be healthy in a sick society. <laughs> mm. so, yeah, so some of this programming 
uh, if you will, that we talk about. Um, we're not just talking about people being literally told what to do, like pay your taxes or, you know, uh, comply by, you know, masking or whatever it is, uh, but also just these thoughts and beliefs that perpetuate um, sickness or disease, like how often, I don't know about you, but how often do we come across a, you know, a friend that is like, ugh, I'm getting old, right? And that meant like, oh, you know, and, and they literally say things to James and I, <laughs> like, oh, you'll know when you're 60, uh, you know, what this feels like, right? And it's so funny because on the one hand, I'm like, well, actually, dude, I was a lot sicker than you are when I was in my 30s. <laughs> You know, I don't say that. You're right. It'd be a little bit rude, but I, I understand where it's coming from because that's what everybody says. Yeah. Right? When you're old, this is what's going to happen. That's a form of conditioning. It wasn't taught in our books per se, but it's being taught on, you know, TV shows and movies and neighbors and stuff like that. So just curious for you personally, Lisa, if you come across that and how do you handle that? How do you handle yourself energetically? And also, do you have any practical advice in terms of things we could practice speaking <laughs> to hold our healthy boundary and but not feel like we're resisting or fighting that either, right? To, to accept it and lovingly be compassionate, but also, you know, have a response that is peaceful. Yeah, you know, we have all been just conditioned to believe all of these things and we're not we're not really allowed to uh, analyze any of these things to, you know, say is this actually true? You know, it's like no, this is true. This is what it is. This is what you're going to have to deal with and so we don't have a whole lot of critical thinking left <laughs> these days. But when I was a really little girl, when I would have those experiences of going to bed at night and just being part of the unified field, I could look at humanity and I could see all of these old people in nursing homes with, with bodies that weren't functioning and they could no longer take care of themselves. And it was completely clear to me at that time that that is not normal for us. That's not the divine design. And it was completely clear to me at that age, too, that our bodies are designed to last for hundreds of years. We're supposed to be living far, far longer than we are. So, but, you know, when I looked around at the three and four years old, I was like, well, nobody's doing that around here. So, like, I must be crazy because, you know, why wouldn't people be doing that if that was possible? But because we have all been conditioned to believe in time, the past, the present, the future, you know, the only time is now. And if we just stay in the now and we start to live with peace and joy and enthusiasm and excitement and creativity, we really don't have to age. And we're starting to see people who are older now who are athletes, people who are Ironmen who are, you know, in their 70s running an Ironman or ladies in their 90s doing gymnastics. Like we're starting to see that aging is not what we have been taught it is. Right. It's so great to have those examples uh, to, you know, so it's not just us feeling a little 
separate or crazy, like, oh my gosh, this crazy person thinks that. So do you, do you have like a blurb or something that you say that's peaceful for you, but also communicates that you don't buy into that? Or do you just let them say whatever they say and you just, you know, just kind of not say anything? Like what's your well, strategy? Yeah. I mean, it really kind of depends. You know, I, I say it happens as you believe. Mm, oh, it happens as you believe. Okay. Yeah. 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 So if we, if we choose to believe that, then that's what's going to play out as our reality, mm. but it really doesn't have to. And when we look at the stories from the Bible of people that lived for hundreds of years, like that's, what's actually possible for us. Right. I think there's some uh, tablet somewhere <laughs> that that uh, made a note of the the thousands of years that beings used to live as well. And uh, that's just, you know, really, really fascinating. Um, and, and there are a lot of people that that, you know, really believe that every single word in the Bible is, you know, from God. Uh, I have, you know, some arguments about that. But anyway, um, <laughs> but then, you know, here's this part about the hundreds of years. Right. It's like they'll believe parts of the Bible and they're like, well, Bible's God. And there's no other new prophets. That's it. That's the end of the story. This is the only, like Jesus was the only one, you know, who can save us, this person, right? And then it's on the other breath. It's like, well, we don't live hundreds of years anymore. And I'm like, e well, you just said everything in the Bible is true. So <laughs> why not now? Like the question that I just think it's so, so interesting um, around our beliefs and that conditioning. Yeah. And, you know, most of us don't want to live that long. In the, yeah, that's in true. Society, My mom said that. Right. As yeah. you know, in a society that is as sick and distorted as this one is, it's really not a pleasant place to be, you know, hanging out on this planet is a little crazy. Mm. With the light workers coming in now, though, it's our turn to start running this planet. It's our turn to bring peace and prosperity back. And it's our turn to start healing all of these old patterns that no longer serve us, that simply served to create an invisible prison for humanity. Mm. Well, tell us about your vision of heaven on earth. So my vision of heaven on earth is us living in harmony with the planet, living in harmony, living in dignity and honor and respect for ourselves and our bodies, helping each other, living in kindness, making sure that everyone has what they need. When we live with kindness and caring, then, you know, we start to bring everything back into alignment. When we start to notice all the ways that we have been pushed out of alignment and to do things that don't serve us you know paying our taxes why are we paying why are we paying these taxes who are they going to where like just a few little critical thinking skills and we go wait a second this isn't cool yeah, wait a second, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, wow, what are they doing with all that money? Huh? Wars are happening. Where where'd they get all that funding? Well, like we just start to look and go, 
we're living in a sick society. So when we bring everything back into peace and harmony and start to uh, recognize the beauty and the brilliance that's available here, we start turning our light back on. We start shining our light and we stop allowing the bullies to, to coerce us into doing things that are not good for us. Well, and I wonder, you know, given the whole, you know, unity um, consciousness that uh, how is it that we co-created or manifested the so-called bullies for, for our own evolution? Like, does there have to be a yang to our yin or yin to our yang or whatever you look at it? So how, how do you, what's your take on that? Well, I mean, there in, in all of creation, there is, there's dark and light, like where we have light during the day and then the sun goes down and it gets dark at night and both serve a great purpose, right? Like this is the shadow and the sunlight. This is, this is normal and natural, but in this part of the universe, the darkness has taken on an awful lot of power. It has gotten really, really dense and really, really distorted. And so now is the time the earth has been living in this state of darkness for a really long time. And this is the time foretold where the light returns to the planet. And here we are as the light workers bringing our light onto the planet to start illuminating kind of the craziness that's been going on and saying, hey, we don't have to live this way anymore. There's mm. something completely different that's possible. Mm, yeah, that's neat. Now you mentioned earlier about us being non-physical beings of light. And a lot of people resonate you know, with, with that term. At the same time in our current reality, um, I would love to go, you know, if I have a pain or something like that, just go like this and go, okay, I'm done, right? However, it's not that fast. <laughs> not so always. Tell us about that speed thing, because there's a part of me that just knows it can be that fast, right? And then the ego goes, but it's not. <laughs> so, yeah, so so give us some wisdom around that thing, because our, our bodies, you know, respecting and loving our bodies, and you talk, you know, Keith, Leon, the filmmaker, uh, this huge shift in him when you were sharing with him just to feel the pain like just to be there with it compassionately right and that really helped resolve it not being attached to the resolution of the pain but just being with it so there's this thing about well we're being with it but yet we still desire to change it and how come it's so slow <laughs> relatively speaking if we were to be judgmental about speed <laughs> yeah you know density these these physical bodies have fallen into density they were really never designed to be so dense oh okay so the the physical body to try to heal the physical body it takes some time because the density is hard to change but when we start to recognize that our bodies that pain, whatever the pain is in our body, it's serving a purpose. Mm. It's there for a reason. And we have simply been taught to fear the pain. Right. So we have been taught that pain is bad. Well, this is all part of that, what I call the reversal matrix, where our consciousness has been intentionally inverted 
so that we're afraid of everything and we fight everything. So we have been taught to fear our bodies and to fight the symptoms. But those symptoms are there on purpose. Our bodies have created them. So when in order to shift these things around and get the healing to happen quicker, we have to take our foot off the brake. Like we can't be in resistance to the pain. Mm. So what we resist persists. Like this is a real thing. <laughs> so if we try to push the pain away, if we don't like the pain, um, you know, whatever that is, that's resistance. And it's like putting the foot on the brake, but the pain needs to be moved through because it's serving a purpose. So if we can understand that pain equals healing, then we can start to shift that around and we can start to welcome the pain, recognizing that this is part of the healing process. Mm. So this is, this is a real, um, like it's a real key thing if we can really wrap our mind around this and shift the way we look at the pain. Well, it definitely takes practice, uh, for sure, just because of how many decades of um, messages that we were taught, you know, that, you know, the minute you have cold symptoms, oh, it's, it's a cold, some, there's a germ, there's, you know, something like that. And so the average person will be looking for an infection, right, looking for what they can fix. And you and I know that a lot of the medications and strategies that we have, at least in conventional medicine, are really there just to dumb down the symptoms. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Which is really, a, a, it, it's unfortunate because we need to be able to move through the symptoms. So if we knock down those symptoms, we're actually knocking down our own healing process the majority of the time. Mm -hmm. Well, let's segue into the, the biological laws that you ended up learning about and maybe, you know, sharing a little bit about that. Um, how, how, what are those and how do they help us reperceive our journey as a healing journey, not something to fight against? Yeah, you know, the, the universe works in very specific ways. We've simply never been taught how the universe works. <laughs> when I went to school, it's the only thing I ever wanted to know. It's like, how does the universe work? Because if we know how the universe works, we can just work with it rather than against it. <laughs> so, you know, our, our bodies are designed to heal themselves. So when I was on my own healing journey, every day I would sit in the stillness and I would ask, what do I need to know about this in order for it to change? Because my experience in that moment was, oh my gosh, my body's being attacked by cancer. What do I, what am I going to do? Am I going to survive? Am I going to live through it? Am I going to find a, a resolution fast enough? You know, what's going to happen to me? So there was a lot of fear and uncertainty. So, but I knew that going the medical route was not my path self-mastery was my path. So every day I sat and asked, what do I need to know about this? And finally, one day, as I got my mind quiet enough, that doorway to greater awareness simply opened up, the answer came in, and it was plain as day. Hey, Lisa, 
your body is not being attacked by some disease and neither is anybody else's. Your body is responding to your emotional stress. And I knew in that moment that that was absolute truth. Mm. And so after that, I didn't, you know, I didn't learn about the biological laws until later on, but I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt that that was truth, that my body was responding to my emotions. Mm. So when I learned about German new medicine, I realized, oh my gosh, you know, here's this man, a German doctor gets a phone call in the middle of the night that his son has been shot and wounded. Three months later, the son dies. Three months later, Dr. Hammer comes down with testicular cancer, like out of the blue. And he can't figure out any other reason than the emotional turmoil that he had gone through. And his wife came down with breast cancer at the same time. Wow. So he knew it couldn't possibly be just some coincidence that they both came down with cancer at the very same time. So he went into the oncology ward and asked the men who had been diagnosed with testicular cancer, what had been going on in your life before you received the diagnosis? Well, every single one of them had been grappling with the loss of a child. Mm. That's not a coincidence. So he started to take CAT scans. He was like, hey, can I check it out? See what's going on in your brain, you know? And every single person had the same spot on their, on their brain. And every woman with breast cancer had a different spot. Everybody with pancreatic cancer, a different spot. So, and every time it correlated exactly 100%, there was no variation, no deviation. So he discovered the biological laws of healing. And just like most people know about the law of attraction, like the law of attraction works exactly the same as for you as it does for me. Like there's no variation, it's just constant. And this is what universal laws are. They are the constants of the universe. And when we start to realize that our bodies are based on biological law, not on being attacked by some disease, <laughs> this isn't what's going on. Our bodies are responding to our emotions. And when we start to recognize that we are non-physical beings, we have, there are far more parts of ourselves that are non-physical than physical. So we see the physical body, but we don't see the emotional body, the mental body, the causal body, the, all the other layers of us that are non-physical. And so it's the non-physical bodies that are informing the physical body. So the physical body is following the mental and emotional bodies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is so interesting. And, and you know, <clears throat> I know Dr. Hammer, um, Deanna Corning was telling me how many times that he, the uh, assassination attempts uh, had happened. Uh, I think it the number was 18 or something. Don't quote me on that, but it was a lot. Um, right. it, uh, there must have been something very crucial <laughs> 
you know, that that he was sharing that, uh, you know, those that would hold us back would like to us not to know about. And really, it is that the body is healing itself. We're not being attacked. And, you know, what's really strange is that uh, as because he was an oncologist, I believe. Right. Um, I think that uh, most of our oncologists and medical doctors do take CAT scans of the brain with uh, people with uh, cancer. But none of these rings or things were ever described um, in radiology, at least that I remember. It's like they they either are very subtle or they're just not seen or not noted to be abnormal. Um, so I think that's very strange, you know, that there was such a consistent pattern, but yet none of the conventional medicine people mentioned it. Well, exactly. But our, you know, we're trained to focus in specific directions. And what we're trained to focus on is what we see. Right. If we are only focused on specific things, we will not see the other things that we're not focused on. Yes, that is so true. In fact, there's there's actually a uh, it's called brain the brain game or something. There's like a whole game on on this stuff, and it's there, it's really hard. <laughs> like they're trying to trick you, right, with these like patterns and these cards and everything like that. And I'm like, this is not easy, you know. And and then once you see the answer. And you're like, oh, it was there all along. Like there's one where, you know, they're like, what's wrong with this picture? And you're looking at these faces upside down and you're like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, they look, they look sort of weird, but I'm not sure what it, what is it that is weird about these upside down faces? We turn it back, right side up and realize they transpose the mouth upside down. Uh, so once you turn their faces back up, you're like, oh, my God, they look ridiculous, right? Because their smiles were upside down. But uh, when their faces were upside down, it was really hard to tell because we're so used to seeing the smile this way. And that's exactly the way it was when they were upside down. Uh, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I didn't pass this one. <laughs> <laughs> so we can actually train our brains to see what we are not trained to see. Um, it does take <laughs> does take a little bit of effort. Now, um, let's go ahead and share your website again and where people can connect with you. My website is connectingyoutoyou.com. I also have a YouTube channel, so you can find me on YouTube and uh, yeah. And also a Facebook group, right? What's the name of your Facebook group? My Facebook group is called Soul Sourced Healing. Okay, fantastic. And I think every Sunday you have a special program uh, to benefit the people in your group. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, every Sunday I have a, what, I, what I call Solution Sunday because the soul is the solution, starting to recognize that we are grand beings of light. We are creators. We can create anything we desire. And mm. so that's my interview show that I do that you've been on multiple times. And uh, I also do on Thursdays, I have a lunch with Lisa that I do where I just come on and talk about a subject for 20 minutes or so and just give some good information. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's fantastic. So connecting you to you.com is the website where you can connect with Lisa. And um, definitely, if you have not watched the Inside Effects movie, we encourage everyone to watch that movie. Lisa is fantastic in the movie and also get a copy of her amazing book, the 10th anniversary version of it called The Simplicity of Self-Healing. Just some really great stuff in there. Very encouraging, very inspiring. And if you don't feel jazzed up reading Lisa's stuff, I don't know what you're going to feel jazzed up reading. <laughs> uh, it's great. And what's uh, for me just 
really um, for, for those of us in this space, in this teaching space, um, it, it's like we walk our talk, which means sometimes we have our challenges, right? Sometimes we, we have our processes and our tools. And it's not like instantaneously everything is always perfect all the time, you know, and that's kind of a, you know, a, a spiritual mass sometimes to think, oh, teachers are perfect and I can't live up to that and things like that. Like Lisa and I are real people. We have our real challenges um, and we're just there to, to, to work. We work on ourselves. We, we, and cells <laughs> and, um, and just share whatever we've discovered with people. Um, so it's not like we're like, super far ahead you know and better than everybody it's more like hey we're 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 on doing this together we're healing the earth together which is such a wonderful uh beautiful light message so lisa um any last words that you would like to share with our light medicine community audience oh just remember you are grand beings of light and we are here to open our angel wings mm -hmm. and start restoring peace to planet earth. We are grand creators. We can create anything we desire, but we have to stop participating in all of the things that are causing our, our harm and our demise. And we have to start insisting on peace and harmony and you know not allowing other people with nefarious agendas to call the shots here on this planet <laughs> all right cool thank you so much lisa for being with us today and thanks for our audience for tuning in remember you can connect to lisa at connecting you.com thank you lisa karen thank you so much it's always such an honor my pleasure.